Hi, and welcome to this audio edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. On this program, we discuss polygamy and Mormon fundamentalism from a biblical Christian perspective. We talk about the history of polygamy, its modern-day fruit, share stories from people who have escaped polygamy, and talk about current events relating to polygamy. You can learn more about the video edition of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. And now, here's Doris. Welcome to our show tonight. This is Polygamy, What Love Is This? And uh, my name is Doris Hansen. I am your host for the program. And we're just grateful that you want to share part of your evening with us. Uh, we are here every Thursday night at this time to talk about uh, the legacy of polygamy that Joseph Smith commanded his followers to practice. You know, our program attracts uh, many different kinds of viewers, not only locally, but from all over the world as well, through our live streaming that we have during the show, as well as from our webpage and other sources. And of course, we do prayerfully prepare each show as we tackle the contents and also the topics for each show. We're always looking for guests to be on our program who have a story to tell uh, about polygamy and if you or, or someone that you know has an experience in polygamy or with a polygamous situation or any other Mormon polygamist experience and are interested in sharing it on our show, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can email your story to us at tv at aboutpolygamy.com and we'll read it and get back with you and, and uh, discover if it would fit into our format. That'd be tv at polygamy.com, uh, aboutpolygamy.com. Uh, so send us your story. We'd love to, to read it. You know, not too long ago, I happened to land on an internet site um, that provided evidence that Santa Claus is real. It brought to mind a remark made by someone else a while back that there was more evidence <clears throat> for Santa Claus than there is for the Book of Mormon. Well, you know, that's a true statement. So we thought that maybe we would devote part of the show tonight and compare Santa Claus with the Book of Mormon and let you decide which has the most evidence. Now, if you have little ones who believe uh, in Santa, you may want to ask them to leave the room during this part of the show. And if there's anyone watching who doesn't want to know the truth about the Book of Mormon, you may also want to ask them to leave the room as well. I'm sure many of you may wonder, why are we doing this particular topic? Well, it's because we care. We care about those who place their faith and their eternity on a book and in a book of myths which is what the Book of Mormon is. And since polygamists are polygamist, because Joseph Smith said that polygamy was the way to heaven, and polygamy is condemned in the Book of Mormon, it's only fair that the polygamists know that you cannot believe in the Book of Mormon and in polygamy too. God is not the author of contradiction, and He's not the author of confusion either. With me tonight is our co-host, Earl Erskine, and together we are going to compare evidences for or lack of evidence of Santa Claus and of the Book of Mormon and discover, is there any real hard evidence that either of them are the real thing? Welcome. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks for having me. It's kind of an interesting, cute topic, but <laughs> I think people, if they really think about it, will uh, see some similarities there. Well, if they do, if they honestly <laughs> take a look at it, and, yeah. and we are doing this kind of out of fun, but it's a very serious topic as well. Right. And, and before you send us emails accusing us of bashing Santa Claus, it isn't Santa Claus we're going to be speaking against tonight. It's the Book of Mormon, because it is presented to be something that it isn't. You know, most of the nations of the world recognize Christmas, 
And most of them pass on the story of Santa Claus to each generation. And in the United States, Santa Claus is definitely an icon. Uh, he's recognized by official and government entities. For instance, the United States Post Office handles mail to Santa Claus. They've even assigned him a zip code and an address in the North Pole. Well, so obviously uh, they believe that there's a Santa Claus. And then there's NORAD. Uh, they report on Santa Claus's activities and tracks his progress on Christmas Eve. And by these actions, uh, you would think that the United States is confirming that Santa Claus is real and that his activities must be real as well, right? I mean, the government would never lie to us, would they? And of course, then there's the snacks and the cookies and the milk that are put out for Santa in millions of homes all over the world on Christmas Eve. And in the morning, they're gone. Obviously, it was Santa who gobbled them up and the only thing that's left are the crumbs as proof that they were once there. And then the toys and the exciting surprises are left under the tree in homes all over the world by the fat man in the red suit while everyone sleeps. More obvious, more obvious evidence that there is and must be a Santa Claus. So, well, it raises more questions, doesn't it? It does, actually. The story, if, if Santa's real, it raises more questions about how does reindeer fly? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, how does a fat man get down the chimney? <laughs> That's right. How does Santa visit, visit tens of millions of homes around the world on one night, one Christmas Eve? Yeah. Somebody estimated that they'd have to, he'd have to visit and place gifts in over 1,100 homes per second. Wow. In order to visit every home around the world in one night. <laughs> of course, there's also the question about how does a small sleigh carry all those presents? Mm-hmm. And... Um, and how does these few magical reindeer fly and yeah, carry yeah. this heavy, uh, heavy yeah. load? So and, and those presents, the, the mil millions of presents they'd have to have would weigh tons, tons. and tons, plus yeah. the weight of the sleigh, plus the weight of the fat man. You know how how do they carry kind of that when you start thinking about it as an adult, it starts looking <laughs> a little, uh, a little difficult. Right. But that's not what the children are interested in, the facts. No. They're, they're just interested in this fun Believing. Santa. Yeah. And then another question is, does Santa really live at the North Pole? The United States Post Office thinks he does. Um, does he have hundreds of little elves that are working for him year-round to make the toys for all the little girls and boys? Um, he seems to be a jolly old fellow, you know, but he's under a lot of pressure. And But he never seems to miss a deadline. But when all is said and done, we look at all these things, and all is said and done, Santa Claus is really about belief and not proof. The Book of Mormon is also about belief and not proof. But the Bible is about both belief and proof to back it up because God does not require a faith with no proof. Now, if enough people believe in something, does that make it true <laughs> despite the evidence that proves that it's fictional? <laughs> Obviously not. <laughs> the Book of Mormon is based on unverifiable claims by trusted people asking for faith with no evidence, testimony with no real solid truths to back it up. In fact, it is easier to prove the Book of Mormon is a myth than it is to prove Santa Claus is a myth. You know, the Book of Mormon is not another testament of Jesus. It is a testament of another Jesus. 
Now, whether the polygamists ever admit that it's a different Jesus, I don't know. I've never heard. But Mormon Church President Hinckley admitted it was a different Jesus. Yeah, do you, you remember that in an interview he was saying that um, it's actually in the church news back in uh, 1998. He said, in bearing testimony of Jesus Christ, President Hinckley spoke of those outside the church who say Latter-day Saints do not believe in the traditional Christ. No, I don't. The traditional Christ of whom they speak is not the Christ of whom I speak. So he admitted that it's a <laughs> different does. Jesus. And, yeah. and, and of course, Jesus himself said, if you don't claim, if you don't uh, believe that I'm who I claim to be, yeah. you'll die in your sins and where I go, you can't come. So that's important. And, and it's strange that also that Mormonism isn't even in the Book of Mormon. Now, we're talking to polygamists. The Book of Mormon is their scripture, and the Book of Mormon prohibits polygamy and calls it an abomination. In fact, you have several places in yeah, the Book of Mormon that, uh, uh, with different words yeah. that describe polygamy in the Book of Mormon. Where plurality of wives or multiple wives, uh, I won't read the references, but if you'd like the references, we'll give them to you later, but grosser crimes, iniquity, whoredoms, Oh, they're there on the screen there. Mm -hmm. Abominable, wickedness and abomination, condemnation, bad example, fornication, and lasciviousness. And that's just a few of the descriptions of polygamy. In, the, in book the Book of Mormon. Mormon. Yeah. In the Book of Mormon. So why did seven of the first Mormon pro uh, prophets, presidents, practice the abomination, the Book of Mormon calls it, the, the, the clear. Why did they? Something's wrong here. Either the, either they were wrong for practicing polygamy, or the Book of Mormon is wrong for saying they shouldn't do it. But they did it. What's wrong here? You know. I don't know how they explain that. They they, ca they can't both the, be. What do the polygamists say about the, those verses? Do they? You know, I didn't even know about those verses till I became a Christian and oh. started studying it. I didn't even see them. Oh. I didn't even see him. Um, yeah, I, and of course they always take it and tweak it to twist to their doctrine rather than uh, that one thing they say is, well, they have to live it righteously. And those people weren't living it righteously. Uh -huh. But there, you can't live something, do something wrong righteously. That's like saying, when we rob the bank, let's do it in a righteous way and it'll be okay. I mean, you just can't <laughs> sin righteously. Right. <laughs> Not possible. And, and God doesn't change. He, he doesn't change for any person. He doesn't change for any time dispensation. He does not change. Uh, and you have a quote from Professor Paul Bennis oh, yeah. uh, from the University of Oklahoma, the Department of Anthropology, about the Book of Mormon. Yes. He says, Paul Minnis says, it is safe to say that few, if any, professional archaeologists, except those who are practicing Mormons themselves, view the Book of Mormon as a document with any archaeological value. Okay, now that's from a university yeah. where they do the studies, the historical and archaeological studies yeah. in their uh, in universities. And we're talking to all believers in the Book of Mormon here, which of course includes the fundamentalists. We were taught from the Book of Mormon while we were growing up in the polygamy group. I was given a Book of Mormon when I was a little girl. I still have it. It's an old, old Book of Mormon. But but uh, the, the, the polygamists believe in the Book of Mormon, the Doctrine and Covenants, the Pearl of Great Price, but there is no evidence to support what the Book of Mormon stories and what it tells. But you know what? There's an abundance of archaeological and historical and, and coins and artifacts that, um, of, for the Bible. For the Bible. But the Bible's rejected. And the Book of Mormon's accepted. Yeah. Isn't that strange? And isn't it neat? The Dead Sea Scrolls have come forward and, and supported mm -hmm. the Bible even more. 
Yeah, and uh huh, and, and it, according to MormonThink.com, it's considered a work of fiction yeah, and a product of the 19th century. You have a quote from I them, do. I believe. The critics maintain that the Book of Mormon is a work of fiction created in the 19th century. Critics do not accept that the Book of Mormon relates a real history of real people who came to America that were steel melting, chariot driving, Christ worshiping, temple building people multiplying into millions yet left absolutely no trace of their existence. No archaeological, linguistic, DNA, or any other evidence of Hebrew culture in the Americas has ever been found to support the Book of Mormon. The book also contains numerous anachronisms like horses, elephants, wheat, barley, steel, silk, etc., that scientists say didn't exist in the Americas during Book of Mormon times. This was a big thing for me. <laughs> it, it is big, and it can be checked out. You can test this. You can check it out yourself. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, the DNA evidence proves that the people of the Book of Mormon are not of Hebrew origin, as they have claimed yeah. all these years. And how often has anyone witnessed dark-skinned people turning white because they are righteous? You know, that event, if it, if it happened, would bring on the National Geographic team of scientists, the Smithsonian Institution's team of scientists from all over the world would converge uh, on that person and investigate this person who turned from dark skin to white skin. But contrary to Book of Mormon teachings, dark skin remains dark and white skin remains white and in between skin remains the same. Yep. Uh, and, and, you know, the, the Book of Mormon is so racist that it exalts the white skin and condemns the dark skin. And, you know, as I was thinking of this, uh, as I was preparing for this, I thought, and who in the world has the audacity to think that a dark skin wants to turn white anyway? Yeah. I mean, they may be happy with their dark skin. <laughs> Actually, look pretty good. <laughs> As we said, there is more evidence for Santa Claus than there is for the Book of Mormon. And we can't forget to mention that Mormon doctrine isn't in the Book of Mormon. Now, please remember, we are talking uh, polygamists are Joseph Smith Mormons. Yeah. Let me read this what, list. Yeah, what of, kind of doctrines are not there? Well, there's actually a lot of them, and I always considered the Book of Mormon to be the fullness of the gospel. I think it's in Doctrine and Covenants 20, verse 9, and uh, 42, 12. It, it says that the Book of Mormon has the fullness of the gospel. Mm -hmm. But things that aren't in the Book of Mormon, polygamists will never find in the Book of Mormon eternal marriage, polygamy for salvation, or polygamy itself at all, pleasing God. That's right, it's not there. In the Book of Mormon, God is not a man. Joseph Smith, though, taught he was, but uh, the Book of Mormon doesn't support that. That's In the right. Book of Mormon, there's only one God, mm -hmm. and polygamists believe that there's innumerable gods, as do the Mormons, mm -hmm. I mean the mainstream Mormons. The Book of Mormon never teaches about celestial, terrestrial, or telestial kingdoms, the three degrees of glory. There's no pre-existence in the Book of Mormon. Hell and eternal damnation are in the Book of Mormon, but no second chances. If you remember Alma telling us that now is the time to prepare to meet God. Mm -hmm. No spirit prison, no Aaronic or Melchizedek priesthoods mentioned in the Book of Mormon. No baptism for the dead. Yep. It's just None not the, what we'd call in fundamentalist Mormonism or mainstream Mormonism uh, the fullness of the gospel. Right, exactly. And all this, of course, goes more to prove our point that there's more evidence for Santa Claus than there is for the Book of Mormon. And it's strange, since the Book of Mormon is supposed to contain the fullness of the Mormon gospel, like, um, like Earl said, but the gospel isn't even there.
Uh, do you remember the old question years ago? There was an ad on TV where this woman goes up to the drive-in and orders a hamburger, and she gets this great big bun, and inside is a little tiny, tiny Wendy's piece of meat. Thing. Oh, if we can say and that. she <laughs> says, where's the beef? Where's the you beef? You know, all through the, the well, well, we have a question. Where's the maps? Where's the maps? Yeah, where's the artifacts? Where's yeah. the maps? There's, huh? there, there, the there's not oh. a single location. No, there's no... Uh, no, no, nothing. No, they can't find where all these millions of people, steel smelting people, w uh, chariots and coins would have been. No geographical no, location no, at all for no, them to draw a map and put in no. the Book of Mormon. There's no coins. There's no weapons. Uh, and that's another no question. Pottery. Where's the artifacts? Yeah, there's no. Where's nothing the to support. In fact, nothing. there have been Egyptologists that have actually come to to Utah to the Church Museum at BYU, and they've asked. Could we see any artifacts from the Book of Mormon era? Yeah. And they say, well, we just don't have any. Yeah, so. there, there's none there. Oops. And, and, and if there was one single solid hard proof um, that had been found, like you oh. say, to prove one single Book of Mormon event or claim, it would be on display. You know, either the polygamists, whoever had it, or the Mormon Church would display it. It oh, would sure. be boasted about. It would be advertised and verified, and much noise would be made about this artifact. But not one single shred of evidence exists to verify one single item or event or people in the Book of Mormon. So none are displayed. At least That's with right. Santa Claus, the cookie crumbs and the empty milk glass are there Show to prove the there. cookies and milk were there at <laughs> what's there. And, and there are more evidence that there's, there's more evidence for Santa Claus in the Book of Mormon because there's no evidence that the Book of Mormon peoples were once anywhere. Nor can we ignore the Smithsonian Institute's rejection of the claims of the Book of Mormon. They, they reject any historical claims of the Book of Mormon. And I have a letter from BYU admitting that there are no archaeological and geographical evidence for Book of Mormon loca locations. I have a copy of the letter to go up on the screen. And the first line says there are no archaeological or geographical facts known about the specific cities mentioned in the Book of Mormon in relationship to d today's geography. This was directly from Brigham Young. Truly, or Brigham Young University, excuse me. Truly, the Book of Mormon, like Santa Claus, is a matter of belief, not facts, supported by evidence. And yes, God requires that we back up our faith with facts and truth does matter. So can we believe uh, that NORAD and NASA and the United States Post Office would never lie to us, especially about Santa Claus? No, they don't. <laughs> can we believe that Mormon and polygamous leaderships would never lie to us about the evidence of their belief system? We already know that Joseph Smith lied about his polygamy, and not just one time. He lied to his wife, he lied to his congregations, he lied in print, he lied in sermons, he lied to the Relief Society, and not just once or twice or a half a dozen times, but for over a decade, Joseph Smith lied about his polygamy. And if he lied about that, what else would he lie about? All evidence indicates the Book of Mormon is a fraud, a book of myths and plagiarisms from the Bible. 
You have uh, uh, the introduction to the Book of Mormon. That well, yeah, one of the subtle things that the church seems to have a knack of doing is to change things just slightly enough to either take our eye off of Christ or God or the Bible or something. Mm -hmm. and, and they've made a number of little changes, and a, a bunch of them are in the new scriptures that are coming out soon. But this one is so interesting. The introduction to the Book of Mormon uses this following statement. The Book of Mormon contains, the Book of Mormon, let's see, where are we at on your screen? The Book, Book of Mormon Mo is a volume of Holy Scripture comparable to the Bible, is a record of God's dealings with the ancient inhabitants of the Americans, and contains, as does the Bible, the fullness of the everlasting gospel. That has now been dropped, yep. as does the Bible, has been dropped from the introduction. So uh, it asked a few questions about <laughs> what's the fullness of the gospel, well, and if, if the Bible was the fullness of the gospel, did we need the Book of Mormon? Why would we need the Book of <laughs> yeah. Mormon? But they've dropped that, as does they've the Bible now. Out of the, uh, so for 150, 60 years, yeah, it was in there, it as was, does the Bible. But it's not now, because they've taken it out. Now they, but but it, it does raise some questions. Yeah, it does. If the Book of Mormon and the Bible contained the fullness of the gospel, yeah. why did they need the Book of Mormon to start with? They already yeah. had the Bible. If the Bible had it, yeah. the fullness. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> and if the Bible contains the fullness of the gospel, then obviously Joseph Smith didn't have to have a restoration, did he? No, he didn't. And since the Bible, it says, um, well, and the LDS Church has made changes that, uh, like this introduction, and uh, so again, as you ask, which edition is correct? Yeah. Uh, which, which, which one do we believe? Which one can we believe? Well, and, and that section 101 in the Doctrine and Covenants was in there so many years uh -huh. about the LDS Church only adheres to having one wife. Mm -hmm. Wasn't that in there for so yeah, many years? Yeah. And then in the 70, 1870s or something, it was taken out. Took it out. They yeah. just continue making changes that are... Took uh, it out. And, and then put, replaced it with Section 132 so that yeah. people, the Book of Mormon was so complying with polygamy. Have, yeah. Yeah. So it's a glaring contradiction that they're doing. And this concerns us because the polygamists use the Book of Mormon. They buy the Mormon scriptures as printed and edited and tweaked by the, the LDS Church. And so not only did the original Mormon Church doctrine lead them, polygamists astray into believing that they had to practice polygamy uh, to get into heaven, but now uh, the polygamists continue to be deceived by the Mormon Church because they're removing and editing their own scriptures. <laughs> I think most folks are familiar with the statement from Jesus. I think you have the, yeah. the scripture in Matthew 22. Matthew chapter 22, verses 36 through 38, it says, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. So, if the Book of Mormon is the, the, uh, contains the fullness of the gospel, does it contain what Jesus said is the greatest commandment? Well, a friend of mine gave the following observations I thought was very good. The phrase, love the Lord your God, appears in the King James Bible 14 times. This makes sense, yeah, you know, it's the greatest there. commandment. It appears in the Book of Mormon zero times. Now, Jesus said it's the greatest commandment, and it's not even written in the Mormon's greatest book, the polygamist's greatest book, and it's supposed to be the cornerstone of their religion. You know, it isn't the Bible that has missing doctrine. 
And on that note, I'd like to talk about an email that we received a while back. And this email came from a woman who uh, sends us one-liners, statements uh, like they're the law. You know, she said it, so it has to be true. She never gives us a reference to back up what she said. And her one-liner for that particular night was, you said that the Bible hasn't been changed, but you are so wrong. What about the missing books? Proof, <laughs> yes, the Bible has been changed, she said. Well, <laughs> She didn't give any proof, she didn't give any evidence, she didn't give any references for her accusation, just a flat statement, missing books, missing books. Bible, Bible is wrong. Yeah. Well, of course, we have an answer. Uh, first of all, there's no evidence that the Bible has been tweaked or edited or changed, reinvented, mistranslated by any valid, valid translation of the Bible. And where does anyone get the idea that there are missing books simply because the Bible mentions other books? Not that they necessarily needed to be in there. The, yeah, they yeah. didn't say they were supposed to be there. You've got a list. I've got a list of Bible or books that are uh, missing. Critics at least say missing from the Bible. They include Exodus twenty-four-seven says the Book of Covenant. I'll just read the ones on the right. Yeah. Book of the Wars of the Lord, Book of the Law, uh, the Book of Jasher, the Book of the Annals of Solomon, Book of the Annals of the Kings of Israel, Books of the Annals of the Kings of Judah, Books of the Annals of King David, Book of Moses, and Book of the Annals of the Kings of Media and Persia. So. And, and, you know, we've heard this claim, uh, complaint before. I've heard it from several different sources that because those books are mentioned in the Bible and they're not in the Bible, therefore things are missing. Plain and precious things have been taken from the Bible. But the, the people who are saying this never check anything out for themselves. They're just repeating what somebody else has said. You know, first of all, the Book of the Covenant, this is mentioned, the Book of the Covenant and the Book of the Law is the same. It's the, the and the Book of Moses. It, they, they are all the same thing. It's the Law of Moses. Moses, which are the first five books in the Bible, Genesis through Deuteronomy. All of those are the book of the law, the book of the covenant, and the book of Moses. So it is there. All the same. All the same. And the books of the wars of the Lord is another book they say is missing. Well, you know what? Pick up the Bible. Read Genesis through Malachi. There are wars and wars and more wars are recorded in the Bible. So what's lost? And the books of the annals of Solomon and David and the kings of Judah and the kings of Israel that they say are lost books. Uh, well, the reigns of the kings are recorded in 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel and 1 Kings and 2 Kings and 1 Chronicles and 2 Chronicles uh, and, and also in some of the prophets, Isaiah and the other prophets talk about the kings. So what's lost? Nothing. The book of Jasher is an unknown book. But in the context where it's mentioned, it doesn't say it's supposed to be in the Bible. It's just mentioning another book. So why does it have to be included? There's no literary law. There's no historical requirement that a book mentioned must be a book included. And then finally, the books of the annals of the kings of Media and Persia. You know, information is given about them in the books of Daniel and also in Esther. And you'll get it someplace, you know, salt and pepper did other places in the Old Testament. However, the Old Testament is about Israel as it moved forward in history, eventually to give birth to the Messiah who would be our Savior. Media and Persia are secondary to Jewish history. If more information were needed about Media and Persia that would have anything to do with our salvation for the Bible record, 
God would have made sure it was included. There's no evidence that any information that should be in the Bible has been lost from the Bible. Finally, based on the same argumentative principle, the yeah. Book of Mormon not only mentions other writings that aren't included, but it admits that they are missing. For instance, you got your I've you got, got the list. list. Get out your pencils. You're going to want to write this one down. Now, these are interesting. First of all, in Third Nephi, the Book of Remembrance, and then you, everyone would know about the prophecies of Zenos and Zenoch. Neum, I think is how you'd say that. The next one, the prophecies of Neum. Missing plates from Laban, the lost teachings of Benjamin, lost word of Amulek, the lost words of Alma, lost teachings of Alma, and the lost teachings of Helaman. The lost book of Lehi, Martin Harris lost the first 116 pages of the book of Lehi, which were never found or or I guess they were translated, but they were the ones that were lost and never retranslated. Never, yeah. right, never yeah. replaced. So it's interesting, the Bible doesn't claim it has lost books and writings. The Book of Mormon does say that they have lost books and teachings and missing writings. Uh, so, so where are they? Where are they? We suggest, folks, when you complain about the Bible, that you clean up the errors in your own books before you charge the Bible with error that has never been proven. Take an objective look at your own Book of Mormon, where error uh, has been proven, and which is supposed to be the most correct book on the planet. And of course, if you do it honestly, you need to beware. If you do it honestly, you'll end up throwing out your Book of Mormon and embracing biblical truths instead. So it looks like That'd that. Be nice. Yeah, it would be very nice, and we hope there's some people listening to the show we'll, tonight we'll who who will do that. that. So uh, we, I think, have come up with the evidence. Uh, if you check it out, could launch your own research to discover the Book of Mormon. What have we said is true or not? And perhaps um, tell your kids the story of Santa Claus, but not the stories in the Book of Mormon. So we're at um, halfway through the show now. We are ready to take our break and open up our telephone um, lines for our callers. You can call in and, and include your own comments in our conversation <laughs> or ask questions. Please be sure that you turn the volume of your TV down when you get on the air. And uh, as we're waiting for the telephone calls to come in, we will share a message with you. You are watching Polygamy, What Love Is This? Broadcasting live from Salt Lake City, Utah. This program is the broadcast outreach of A Shield and Refuge Ministry. Shield and Refuge is a point of first contact for Mormon fundamentalists who question the doctrines of the religion or who are actively seeking for an opportunity to escape the polygamist lifestyle. Examining the claims of fundamentalist doctrine against the backdrop of biblical truth is central to our efforts. We invite you to contact us. Call toll-free at 877-425-9993 or email us at tv at aboutpolygamy.com. We want you to know that we have made available to you some outstanding resources free of charge. You will find them at our website, www.whatloveisthis.tv. There you will find the DVD, Lifting the Veil of Polygamy, which documents the real-life stories told firsthand of those who were lifted out of the culture of polygamy through the power and love of Jesus Christ. Also, free of charge to you is the booklet, Is Polygamy Biblical? It explores plural marriage in the context of God's Word, 
and answers questions like, did God ever command polygamy? Is it part of God's plan? While you are at our website, make sure to take advantage of the archived episodes of this program, which can stream on demand directly to your computer. There are more than 100 shows to choose from. And if someone you know is unable to view this program via live broadcast, recommend that they visit this same website every Thursday at 8 p.m. Mountain Time to watch this show through live streaming video. Simply follow the links to the live streaming video page. If you are watching live tonight, we invite you to call us as we open our phone lines. The number is 801-973-TV20. That's 801-973-8820. Now, back to Polygamy, What Love Is This? with our host, Doris Hansen. Welcome back to our show tonight, Polygamy, What Love Is This? Um, with our co-host Earl Erskine, we've been talking about the evidence, or lack thereof, for both Santa Claus and the Book of Mormon. And uh, I think that we have covered a lot of good information that anyone can go to and check out for yourself to find out if there really is any valid evidence to prove the Book of Mormon to be correct. There's just, uh, we have opened the phone lines now. Our number is 801-973-TV20, 801-973-8820. We'd love to hear from you if you would like to enter the conversation or if you have any questions. Um, and just a note for interested viewers who are seeking God's truths, there uh, are some conversations going around that are claiming that the Dead Sea Scrolls verify the Book of Mormon as being a valid and a true book. Now this conclusion is based on false information and it couldn't be further from the truth. A few months ago we had as our guest on the show um, Kay Brown and Adelie Moore as we were discussing their book Grace Reigns uh, Christian Bible Course. We talked about that book and recently Kay reminded me that chapters 7 through 13 of that book are devoted to ancient texts versus the Bible manuscripts including the Dead Sea Scrolls. Our viewers need to realize, she said, that not all texts that were found amongst the Dead Sea Scrolls are scriptural, but are of various belief systems, including heretical writings. Anyone interested in the book, Grace Reigns Christian Bible Course, so that you could go through those chapters and see how the Dead Sea Scrolls do not verify the Book of Mormon, you can certainly order the book. Um, there's a web page, uh, www.createspace.com, and you can order the book from there. If you don't get all of this uh, that we put up on the screen, you can email us for more information, and we'll be happy to email it back to you so that you can order the book, or you can do your launching your own studies from all the scripture references that we didn't speak. Do you have any thoughts on the Dead Sea Scrolls about this? Well, it's just interesting. I did make a, a, a search between Joseph Smith's translation of the Bible and the Dead Sea Scrolls, at least 20 different checks that I did, and there was no comparison. The, the, what Joseph Smith changed was not reflected in the, uh, in the Dead Sea Scrolls. And Sidney Sperry, who is well-respected as a, a Mormon scholar, said that the Isaiah scroll is of little use to the LDS as showing the antiquity of the texts of Isaiah that are in the Book of Mormon. The Book of Mormon, as you mentioned, has, uh, I mean, the Bible has little italicized words Here that Joseph Smith ended up bringing into 
the translation or into the Book of Mormon and other English errors mm -hmm. or errors that, that were in mm -hmm. the King James Version brought those into the, the Book of Mormon. The Isaiah scroll supports the Bible, right. but it does not support the Book of Mormon. Exactly, yeah. and, and that's true. So when they make those claims, don't believe everything you hear without doing your own research yeah, and finding it out. It out. Yes, check it out yeah. for yourself. And mm -hmm. it's easy to do. Just don't get lazy and listen to what somebody else said. Check it out for your, you know your eternity depends on this. Eternity is a long, long time. Okay, looks like we've got some calls. So we'll take line one first where Mike uh, from Enterprise is calling. Hello, Mike. Hi there. How are you tonight, Doris? Great. Thank you. How are you? Good. I have, I have a couple of comments. Okay. In the Book of Mormon, it talks about the Nephites and the Lamanites, and they were in a big war. Mm -hmm. The Lamanites, they, they beat up the Nephites and kill them all off. But, but the, the Nephites have all these houses and all these temples and all these swords and spears because they're metal workers. Why did, the ne why did the Lamanites not take all these swords and spears and all these temples? Why did they run off into the woods and live in tents and have arrowheads made of rock? I, I, I just don't understand how people can believe that this happened. Well, it didn't happen. We Excellent know that. Point. But Excellent point. We know that didn't happen. <laughs> good point. But, but I'm just saying. I mean, think. Use your head a little bit. You know. You know when, and that is a good, a good point. point. You know when you yeah. read in the, about the wars in the Bible, where where people attacked other uh, other cities and and other nations, they would sack them. They would go in there and they would kill the people, yeah. and then they would take everything. They'd take it and run, Absolutely. and it would become yes. their their loot. Yeah. And and that's how they paid right. their their soldiers. But evidently, the Book of Mormon people were beyond doing something <laughs> like that. The Lamanites, I guess, I guess they were they didn't do that because they went and lived in tents and had arrowheads. Yeah. yeah, went back to a rock. Went back to the bow and arrow. Yeah, yeah. and rock. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Well, <laughs> then there's then there's another thing. You know, the the Mormons believe that God is a polygamist in heaven, and He has all these many wives. The polygamist what planet did they yes. come from? What? If God created all the planets, what planet did did God and His wives come from? Kolob. Or somewhere that, near Kolob? That one we don't know. He, he's supposed to live on Kolob <laughs> I mean, now, but I mean that 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 it, that excuse that sounds asinine to me. I'm sorry. Well, like <laughs> I like I said earlier, the Book of Mormon really is a book of myths. It it is. It there, is. There's no it verifiable is. story at all in there. None right. at all. Well, well, thank you for your call. Appreciate your questions. They're good questions. Thank you, Doris, and you 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 have a good night, and God bless you. Thank you. You too. Thanks, Mike. Mm-hmm. Okay, good questions. Yeah, that yeah, was you a good thought. A lot of good Why they wouldn't have pushed uh, steel and everything else, the chariots and yeah. all that, why there weren't any why that would be found. Okay, on line two, we have Georgia from Salt Lake City. Hello, Georgia. Hi, how are you? Good, thank you. You're on the air. Good. Um, I was just going to make a comment. Um, I think how the church has kind of changed things um, without really changing things because um, you you have Santa Claus mentioned there um, when my mother was born in 1913 here in the valley and she says as a child that Christmas was not observed it wasn't uh, nothing was done in the tabernacle to uh, sing about it or anything like that uh, and if she ever got anything 
she was an only child, so if she ever got anything that was after Christmas sales, and she, she her mother went and bought her a doll. And um, a, a few people, probably mostly German people, German immigrants probably, brought it over and, and observed it here and there, but it, it just was not observed here. And the church did not observe it in any way, shape, or form. Hmm. And so... Uh, as it went on, now now they, they have everything going, but they never really acknowledge it. They just let it happen, in, in, is my thought on it. Hmm. And um, that. and that, that goes based on what she also told me was, uh, because the church has the two conferences, one in April and one in October. And the April one is when the church was supposedly founded. And... Um, and that happens to coincide with about the time of his death, around Easter time, generally. And the one in October is when many other people believe uh, that he was born rather than around this time of year now. So I think they just close their eyes to that, too. Well, just let the people have fun, probably. Uh, but they don't really even observe that. <laughs> I don't know if you had ever heard that because... Um, no, I haven't. I've never heard of anything like I've that. I've never heard that either, Georgia. But I, I think the almighty dollar is the one, the thing that's driven Christmas the it way has. it has the last many years. Well, and, it definitely has. Yeah. Yeah. But, I'm just saying but I mean around the world, in, in and out of the church. Uh, I mean, mm -hmm. the whole world. They're really, and, they, and they really still don't. They have the programs and everything yeah. now and the lights around the temple and all of that. Yeah. But um, they, they don't really believe it. And that's what I was... Well, as I said, those two dates. Okay, um, well, we appreciate your insights, Georgia. Thanks for thanks. calling. Okay, thank you. Uh, one thing I, I think I'd like to mention here is there there uh, was a short article that I read a little while ago that the, the Christmas actually wasn't hugely celebrated uh, at the turn of the century, of the 19th century to the 20th, mm -hmm. in, in America at all. I mean, it mm -hmm. was a, a little bit, but it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. So maybe that's one reason. Uh, I don't know. I don't know the history behind why, they, why they do or don't. I, kn I know the polygamists, I grew up in a polygamy group. We celebrated Christmas. We had a Christmas program with Santa Claus. The Warren Jeffs people don't celebrate Christmas. It just depends on who mm -hmm. it is and what's... And I think to be honest, I, I suppose from Satan's point of view, Lucifer, he'd, he'd do anything to take our eyes off of Jesus, of exactly. Even though Christmas seems to be a Christ-centered holiday, it becomes much more than Christ Oh, well, it has definitely become more yeah. than that, for yeah. sure. Okay, we have uh, on line three, we have Renee calling from Twila. Yes. Hello, Renee. Hi, Doris. Turn your volume of your TV down. It's down. Okay. It's down. Okay. I just, I just, I like your program. I wanted you to know that I was raised LDS. I don't believe in the religion. I'm independent Baptist now. I love my Lord and Savior. And uh, God bless you. And uh, Merry Christmas. I belong to the Cornerstone Baptist Church here. We'd love to all have our, mem our people in Twila to come. Um, we have a wonderful pastor, and he, and he preaches out of the Bible, and it took me 64 years. Thank you. Thanks for Have calling. You. Thank you for God calling. Bless uh -huh. God bless you, Renee. Thanks, Renee. 
Okay, anybody in Tooele is looking for a good Christian church to go to? You Sounds just like found a good, a, a good place to go. Okay, um, and we have on line one, Dallas from Provo. Hello, Dallas. Hello, Doris. Hello. Doris, it's wonderful to talk to you. Um, hello, Ms. Shapiro. Hi. Um, I'm from Provo, and uh, I'm LDS for 40 years. And uh, I love your topic tonight about comparing Santa Claus and more evidence <laughs> from the Book of Mormon. And I've had my own comparison. Oh. Um, there's actually more evidence for J.R.R. Tolkien and Lord of the Rings um, than there is for the Book of Mormon. Yeah. He has uh, languages, written languages, um, and he also has a map. Yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah, he pretty amazing. <laughs> he has the map. <laughs> but, uh, I, I sure appreciate you guys, and I, I love your show. And uh, I'd like to say hi again to Bishop Earl hi. from Provo First you. Baptist Church. Oh, After yeah. us, <laughs> but I really love your program and uh, your comparison tonight. Oh, good. It's wonderful. Good. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. Well, good that night. is kind of tongue in cheek, <laughs> and Doris, you've obviously <laughs> done a wonderful job here. But it it should make people think. I, I hope mean, so, it, because we do have so much evidence. And I didn't realize this as a Latter Day Saint, but between the Dead Sea Scrolls and all, and that supports the Old Testament, and then all the manuscripts that support the New Testament with very little variations yeah. from what we had. It's, uh -huh. it's very obvious that the great and abominable church did not take out the plain and precious That's things right. of the Book of Mormon. Well, and and if once a Latter-day Saint can begin to trust the Bible in any degree, they start seeing it open up and, and it, contains, it contains the fullness of the mm -hmm, gospel. Mm -hmm. And for the church to take that out of the introduction of the Book of Mormon, it, it just it, it's just interesting that they do that subtle changes yeah, to take yeah. your eye off get your of, eye off the truth of the truth off the yeah. truth and you know uh, and back to that it what what really got me on that because we were raised the same way that yeah. you couldn't trust the Bible but the, the you know the Joseph Smith restored it in Isaiah chapter forty verse eight and this is the verse that really nailed it for me. Isaiah 40 verse 8 says, The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God stands forever. And then in, in, in Mark 13, 31, Jesus said, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. So do we trust Joseph Smith or do we trust God? Do we believe Jesus or do we believe Joseph? You can't believe both. Because they yeah. promised the word would, would last forever, endure forever. And the Bible and God were here first. Right. So anything that Joseph Smith came up with should be matched against or judged against it, what the Bible it says. It has to have. Rather a, than the other way around. Exactly. And, and that's just wrong. We were in, the, in and probably fundamentalists as well, but the mainstream Mormon church, they judged the Bible by the Book of Mormon and Joseph Smith. Mm -hmm. Well, they didn't come first. Mm -hmm. The Bible did. Mm -hmm. So yep. it's just. That's what they do, and they use yeah. their filters to try and make the the Bible fit what they believe. When yeah. it's got to be the other way around, because yeah. the Bible did come first, and any interloper that comes in and tries to Should usurp that has to prove itself. The burden of proof is on it, yeah. not on the Bible. Okay, we have on line two Vernon from Layton. Hello, Vernon. Hi. Hi, you're on the air. Uh. Turn the volume of your TV down, please. Okay. Thank you. Uh, I was over in Israel for two weeks in April, uh, 
October. And uh, there was just three of us, and we hired a guide and a vehicle, and we traveled pretty well the whole state of Israel, wow. up to Syria and over to Lebanon, and then then we were able to go into Jericho and visit the oldest building at that time. I've heard lately that there's another building down there that they found that is older than this one, mm. which is about, uh, they said it had about a 10,000 year sign up there in front of it. And uh, it was very interesting because I came out of Mormonism about five years ago. Good. And uh, so we spent a week in Jerusalem looking for any kind of indications of uh, the Mormon story. Oh. And uh, the only thing that uh, we could find was that they have quit their archaeology dig and made a garden out of it. Mm. It's uh, yeah. totally it, false. That's right. There's it's totally false. Nothing that even indicates. Yeah. And, uh, and there's so much the, for the Bible, right? Yeah. for me to <laughs> just travel in that country. Yeah, yeah interesting. Uh -huh. I say there's so much uh, much more in for the supporting the Bible, right? Yes. yes. Uh, you know, uh, for uh, uh, Cornelius sent his uh, servants down to get Peter at uh, Simon the Tanner's home at Joppa. Mm -hmm. you, uh, you can read that in the Bible and you can follow that a map right down to his yeah. house. In yeah. fact, he's Simon yeah. Tanner's house is still there. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know it's really awesome to do that. Yeah, it, it is, and that's I interesting. Sure the show. And thank you, thanks, thanks for calling. Him. We appreciate it. And that goes back to where's the maps? You know, prove prove it. Just yeah. the burden of proof is on the Book of Mormon on on people who are propagating the Book of Mormon yeah. as, as as word of God. Prove it. And like you said, the Smithsonian, the National Geographic have all said that there's no historical value to yeah. the Book of Mormon. Yeah, there's no historical evidence at no. all. No evidence yeah. at all. Okay, we have line one, Cheryl calling from Midvale. Hello, Cheryl. Hi. Uh, yeah, I, I recently, not recently, a while back ago, I saw on the news, Channel 4 News, and they're stating that there used to be 15 million Mormons and down to 5 million right now. And I was wondering if they're getting desperate because it keeps changing the doctrine. Now they have a, a new doctrine about the blacks. And I was just wondering what you think about that. Well, I haven't heard they're down to 5 million. Where did you hear that? I it's on the news. I saw it on the news. I think what they do with that 15 million is go through a process of saying how many are active, how many are temple recommend holders, how many pay tithing, and that kind of thing. And eventually it does get down to a much smaller number than the number of 15 million total. But, the actual But names. I think the total is still... 15 the names on their million. roles yeah. yeah okay and what do you think about the the new um, new doctrine about the blacks now they can hold office well you know, <laughs> I'm just curious what they changed. Why are they so late doing it? That's my question. I, I mean, they should have done that hundreds of years ago. Uh, why, why does it take this long? That's my question. Yeah, you know, I know. It, it, it proves else. it was wrong to start with. Before that, it was like, remember they, they said something about now they can have uh, women missionaries, they can be 
what, 21 or something like that, they changed it. Yeah. Well, but they have the right to do it that. It seems like they're getting desperate because yeah. people are leaving. Right well, the, the internet, you know, the internet is showing them for what they are. Uh, they, they, they're fighting that, but they can't fight mm -hmm. it completely because there's too much truth out there now for them to people to compare. Well, just and I think that's a big part of it. Just to clarify, the uh, the priesthood was given to the to all uh, males of color back in 1978. But right now, I think the church is scrambling a little bit, coming up with answers or trying to come up with documents and some explanations as to why we practice or why the church practices the the things that it does mm -hmm. i think it's going to come out with several more about well, the first visions and, and probably and, polygamy and, and, and other they, things but they're doing it wrong they should just yeah. come out and say we've been wrong we apologize we repent <laughs> we'll be true christians and, and just let it all go and then and, and then it, the slate would be clean but they're not they're just covering up and covering up and erasing and changing and tweaking and and it just makes it a bigger mess well part of the problem too is that we have prophets and apostles in the past who said that the black skin was a curse mm -hmm. and that they weren't valiant in the pre-existence so yeah. as soon as you start raising a question you start challenging uh, old prophets and old apostles, and then you start wondering, well, what if the apostles and prophets today, will we be changing what they say yes. in a few years? Sure they will. Of yeah. course they will. But then the living prophet is the only one that counts anyway, <laughs> and is more important than what the previous yeah. prophet said. So and they can override everything. They can override it, and no. they can do all that. So very quickly, um, we have Betty calling from Murray, and please um, be quick because we're getting towards the end of the show. Betty? Betty? Yes, Betty, you're on the air. Okay, quickly, quickly, yes, uh, yes. I appreciate your uh, comments, but I was wondering if Joseph Smith had the... Hello? Doris, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you for a minute. I have a comment. Uh, you, uh, when the, the golden plates were handed to Joseph Smith, what is your theory on that? When the, jo when the plates were handed to him? But that, yes, the Lord appeared to Joseph Smith yeah. and presented him with the golden plates. Well, I think she means Moroni, but um, what's funny is that Joseph Smith didn't use the the plates. Even Emma Smith, Isaac, yeah, Hale, and others said he didn't use the plates to yeah. uh, translate. And, and I also don't believe there were plates because no. they were too heavy. He couldn't have lifted them. And we did a show on that where you know, we had the weight and, and uh, he pro Joseph Smith could not have lifted the plates, nor could he have ran or run with them like right. he did uh, with the plates tucked under his arm, nor could he lift them up and put them, shove them through a window because they were too heavy. They would, have, they would have weighed too much if they were the golden plates that he claimed they were. So um, my thinking on that is it's just another one of his stories and he he did have a lot of stories so there's another call rose coming in but we don't have time to take the call rose uh, we do appreciate our callers who have called in and um, asked the questions and thanks Earl for being involved My in pleasure. this that was t fun to do. <laughs> thanks. and once again the Christmas season is upon us celebrating the birth of our Lord who was born for one reason to die on the cross he died to take our punishment for our personal sins he took our place. He was our substitute because the wages of sin is death. 
Jesus died to save sinners from our sins. And, 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 and Jesus offers eternal life as a free gift, but only to those who will forsake everything and everyone else and follow him alone. But for those who determine to do ordinances and obedience to rules and regulations as a means to earn favor with God, they'll discover on Judgment Day too late that the very things they thought pleased God were the most displeasing of all to him. Grace and works cannot mix. It's by grace alone, through faith alone, that any human being will receive eternal life. Our Creator became our Savior by way of the cross, and no one will get into God's heaven without first recognizing the cross and bowing their knee and giving their heart to the one who died on the cross as their substitute. We pray that this Christmas season will be the year that becomes the year that you recognize that all you need is Jesus. You can walk away from your religion. You can forsake your works for righteousness. And you can receive his free gift of eternal life and have a saving relationship with Jesus rather than a works religion that won't work. Rules and works and celestial marriage and promises and covenants that must be kept are not the way to God's heart or to his heaven. It's only by grace, 100% grace through faith. And you know what? It's not part grace and part works. It's all grace and faith and it's God's gift to those who will receive it. That's how we're saved. No other way. Good night. This has been the audio podcast edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? This program is a production of A Shield and Refuge Ministry and Main Street Church of Brigham City. You can view current and past video episodes as well as download audio episodes of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance in leaving a polygamous situation, please contact us. We are here to help. All of our contact information can be found at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 877-425-9993. If you have any questions or comments about this or any of our other programs, we'd love to hear from you. Write us at email at whatloveisthis.tv. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again.